0: everybody welcome back to a shared word and we're having a special episode right here uh, Sandy I love this idea that you had there's two different holidays that are are celebrated by the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition and they happen to fall near the same day and so we wanted to have a special conversation about what these two these two holidays represent and if there is any connection between them two Excellent I look forward to it and it's this very week. It's this week. It's this week. Yeah. Uh, And, uh,
1: you know, as we were talking before we started recording, Mark, um, I think I know one of the things that we'll get into is why is it that it is not as... um, exciting or celebrated uh, by a lot of people as we
0: think it should be. Yeah, yeah. So we're, this is a little bit of a campaign for us as That's well. That's right. So the two holidays are, in the, in the Christian tradition, it's Pentecost. And for Jews, it's Shavuot. Shavuot. Yes. And so we're going to spend this time together. We're going to explain what these holidays represent and perhaps the deeper meaning within these holidays. And our, our suspicion is that perhaps there's some symbiotic relationship between them. So, Sandy, would you share about what Shavuot is? Well, let me uh, talk about it on
1: the surface level. Okay, It's really important, but there's some lovely ideas underneath that we'll get to. But really, uh, it has come to mean uh, the time that we celebrate uh, that is associated with God's coming down uh, to give us Torah at Mount Sinai. So the whole experience at Mount Sinai of the revelation is what we celebrate on Shavuot. God's presence, if you will, with us in the world uh, that God created us. But now God has come to, to earth to tell us, to give us instruction on
0: how best to live, on how to live in true covenant with God. And that's what Shavuot's all about. Yeah, so, so just to put it in the context for people who might not know what Mount Sinai is... Uh, God delivered God's people from Egypt when they were enslaved there, right. and underneath the le- leadership of a man named Moses, God led the people through fire by night and cloud by day uh, into the desert to this mountain, Mount Sinai, where Moses was uh, led up the mountain by himself, and there he encountered there he in- encountered Yahweh. Uh, yes, but
1: e- but but even before that, God came. uh, in the presence of all the people and uh, uh, issued forth, at the very least, we think the 10 utterances, what Mm. we call the 10 commandments. So there was a sense of God's presence for all the people as they were at the foot of the mountain. Uh, And then, as you say, Moses then went up and there's a whole experience of Moses with the divine, perhaps receiving the rest of the instruction uh, and then the people's uh, further encounters uh, as they move forward in the wilderness uh, but that was a huge moment yeah. in the tradition of of uh, of Judaism and 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 it's a part of the tradition you know in some respects of Christianity as well but um, uh, as to how we got to it
0: let's hold off because I want to hear you talk about Pentecost yeah on a very surface level Pentecost is uh, the word Pentecost literally means fifty. It's, it's around fifty days after Easter, and uh, you know, for Christians, they celebrate uh, uh, that Jesus uh, rose from the dead in Easter. And fifty days later, there's an experience that happens with the, these followers of Jesus, where they received the promise of God's unique presence uh, through the Holy Spirit. Um, As they gathered together in Jerusalem on this day, and so for Christians, uh, the celebration of Pentecost is the celebration of God's giving God's presence and Spirit uh, to uh, to the the followers of Christ. Well, there you go. There's one hint at a tie.
1: Shavuot, which means weeks, uh, it's seven weeks uh, plus the one day, so we get fifty on Shavuot (laughs) too. Right, right. It's fifty days. The fiftieth day after the second day of Passover uh which is the day in which uh, the barley offering was made. And we count those days. Uh it's a it's a, it in itself is a little bit of a religious experience to count each day of the fifty hmm. uh the forty nine, so to speak. Uh and then you get to the fifty day fifty day, which is Shavu. So there's a link right there yeah. that's important. And I think the other thing that we've been talking about that suggests a link is that um after the Passover I guess in your case, you're saying after Easter, there's a a hunger, an appetite, a desire on the part of the divine, maybe on the part of us, that we have a feeling of a sense of God's presence Mm -hmm. in our lives Mm -hmm. from then and all days thereafter. Uh, And I think within Judaism, it's certainly the sense of, uh, of God's gift to us and God's presence with us through the words, through the instructions, Through the utterances uh, that we heard or that we experienced um, at Mount Sinai, sounds very much like what you're talking about.
0: The sad truth, though, and I think that you shared this belief, is that uh, it's it's becoming less and less common for people to celebrate Pentecost. It's you know especially for uh, less mainline churches. You know the Catholic Church and uh, Episcopal Anglican. Presbyterian, other churches like that, they might celebrate Pentecost, but a lot of newer churches, uh, uh, Bible churches or Baptist churches, uh, they really don't celebrate Pentecost, and I think it's incredibly sad.
1: Well, and again, this is a similarity. It, it, we have the similarity in the, in the, in the uh, presence of these holidays, the gift of these holidays, and we may sadly have the, uh, the shared experience of a fall off uh, in celebration. Uh, I, I, I think prob- Passover probably is the most celebrated Jewish holiday hmm. um, of all of the big holidays. I mean, certainly the Sabbath is is, is crucial and celebrated widely. Uh, but, uh, you know, who, who doesn't either find their way to a Seder table or have one in their home to experience the Passover in their home? Uh, it's a huge celebration. And yet the fall off to Shavuot is substantial. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I don't, there's so many people who don't count those days and who don't see those days as part of a spiritual journey, which is what the counting of the Omer is all about to get ready. Really. I'm not done. God redeemed me, but not in and of itself for itself. Yeah. God redeemed me for a reason from slavery to serve God. Uh, and I see, have to see that as my mission and I'm getting ready for that, I'm getting ready myself, spiritually ready to
0: re-experience the delivery of um, of God's word. At so, Mount could, Sinai. could it be? Could it be? Just that we're t- t- take a step back a little bit. I mean, there. Easter is when churches are full. I mean, it's you don't people are not a big Christian to show up at a Easter service. It right. gives pastors such hope. And then the next Sunday, it's like one of the lowest attended Sundays in all the year. It's such a funny thing. But I wonder if there's some deeper truth to the fact that people show up for Passover. They show up for Easter, which is two stories that tell people about their deliverance. But they don't show up when the story says, and now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to live this out. Now it's your turn to live with my presence.
1: And we're given a blessing. Which I think we ought to understand particularly when we feel lonely or we feel God's not there or we're searching for God these two holidays are designed to say uh, the nearness is there every day yeah. and there and that nearness is celebrated that ongoing presence imminence is celebrated in two holidays and I, I think I get some comfort and a sense of gift out of that I think our people would too yeah. if they um, if they carried on the celebration for the 50 days. Right. All
0: right, so let's do a deeper dive on Shavuot. Teach me, Sandy. Well, here are a few, <laughs> here are a few other things about
1: it. Uh, you know, historically, uh, you know, uh, this all ties into agricultural realities, uh, the festival these were festivals that had that were tied to the seasons uh and I think it's not just i think there's eternal truths that that, that even surpass the the agricultural nature mm-hmm. of society obviously where you wouldn't live in as much of an agricultural society but um you know the passover overlays a spring festival that was associated with the barley crop uh, and you could imagine people felt and uh, and Jews just took that from ancient peoples who just felt just the miracle um, since the miracle of the earth uh, becoming fruitful again. I think this is underlying, and I hope maybe you'll reflect with us a little bit on that sense of, 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 of Easter in which, which there's a sort of sense of birth, of rebirth of the earth, mm-hmm. uh, which we clearly get in Passover. Uh, so there's a sense of creation, birth, renewal in those holidays and so we celebrate that through the offering of barley. Well, it's interesting that in these seven weeks, we move from spring to summer, and uh, there's also a sense of miracle at the summer crop, which is wheat. Uh, And there's a a sense of obligation to thank God for uh, that crop, which one experiences 50 days later. So some of this has a rooting in um, in uh, the God's gift of of these crops that sustain us, mm-hmm. uh, we see this also in um, uh, in the book of Ruth. Uh, there is a uh, in that story. You'll recall, uh, Boaz uh, has uh, a whole farm operation, and uh, the barley is coming up. And at the time of the story, Ruth is sustained. Boaz sustains her. Uh, and Naomi uh, in being able to take of that crop. So that story is woven into this holiday. Mm-hmm. But uh, then, of course, we get to the wheat, and there's a sense of a pre- What then is the summer festival? And so Shavuot has a sense of appreciation to God for sustenance, for being there with us to sustain us. Does this make any sense within Christianity, or is it just something that uh, is ancient from you know, from grandparents or something? No,
0: no, yeah. I mean, especially the. I mean, we don't live in a agrarian society, so I think a lot of references in scripture are lost on us. Right. Um, just like if we were talking to talk, if our scripture was about social media, it would be lost on them. You know, in some ways, there's a disconnect there. But especially that the story of Ruth. You know, for me, one of the lines that sticks out to Ruth in Ruth is uh, her words of kindness to Naomi, wherever you go, I'll go. And uh, this idea of, to your point earlier about what Shavua represents is presence, God's presence with people. And we see in Ruth, her presence, her kind presence to Naomi, even when she could have left. And uh, what a beautiful demonstration. Well,
1: and, you, and think about this idea that we've just been expressing, I think, right there, that uh, God uh, is still there for us. In fact, our mission has just begun yeah. uh, in both Judaism and Christianity, yeah. and that God is there. Yeah. And wherever we go, God goes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which is the message, I think, of Shavuot and Pentecost. And Pentecost, and Pentecost yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we, that's a part of the story, yeah. that uh, Ruth showed loving kindness to Naomi. It's not, I think, by coincidence that uh, Naomi, that uh, Ruth, and uh, Boaz are the ancestors of David. So they're very significant within Judaism and, of course, within Christianity, that David is ultimately uh, considered to be the ancestor of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So Ruth and Boaz are our ancestors. And isn't that interesting that that story lives on and endures and
0: helps us? Mm hmm. Now you were going to share uh, some readings with us. Yeah, so this is kind of a deeper dive yeah. into Pentecost because what I find is that even for Christians who are familiar with the story, there is a deeper truth that oftentimes aren't uh, that isn't held as we read this story, and it actually goes all the way back to Genesis. And uh, in Genesis, God's desire for humanity was always the same that God created men and women in God's image and his likeness so that they could go in this world. And one of the first commandments was to be fruitful, multiply, Absolutely. and just spread out throughout the world. And what happened is that people rebelled against that call uh, to spread out. And it's we see that especially in the story of the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. where um, they realized that they could... They could build bricks, and they, they that they could build a tower. And if you re- read that story in detail, you, they did so. If you know, give color in some details. If I'm leaving out anything, but they did that so that they could make their name great. Yeah. While God created them to bear God's image, to make His name great, and to go throughout the whole world. So precisely. Rather than spreading out, they decided to build up. And so, what did God do? Well, God confused their language. So they had different languages. And because of that, they end up grouping together and spreading out because of that. So it's like, you know, God sent them out with a blessing. And because they rebelled, it ended up feeling like a curse. Mm -hmm. And God still had his way, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's a part of the reason why uh, we have in Pentecost something really, really interesting to me. So Jesus, in his final days... He uh, told his followers that when I go, I'm going to send you my presence, my spirit. And uh, this presence will be with you forever. And uh, in John 16:7, he says, uh, Very truly, I tell you, it is good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or God, uh, the spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so uh, Jesus died uh, on Easter. We celebrate Uh, His raising again. And then Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until uh, my spirit comes to you. And in Acts 2, um, the day of Pentecost came. And uh, Acts 2, it says, They were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. It's interesting for me, and uh, as I've studied the Torah with you, uh, the presence of wind and fire oftentimes come with God's presence, mm-hmm. even on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it goes on to say, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues as the, other, as the Spirit enabled them. And so uh, for the Christian tradition, the presence of God's Spirit usually comes with some sort of dynamic power and uh, so that's why people talk about spiritual gifts or fruits of the spirit it's not only that we can uh, have this ability but you 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 can be transformed more into god's likeness through god's presence but what's really interesting to me is what comes right after pentecost so they were in jerusalem and probably because of shavuot a lot of people were gathering in jerusalem uh that day. And when they when the crowd gathered, they, they heard uh, this sound. They came together in bewilderment because they heard each other's languages being spoken. And utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Which I guess were uneducated people. <laughs> and they said, then how is it that each of them hears them in their own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia Pontus Asia and it goes on and on and on and I love the fact that all these detail of all these different people groups visitors from Rome uh, Cretans Arabs were all hearing the wonders of God in their own language and amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean so for me what this seems to be doing is like a reversal of the Tower of Babel where God's people have for generations been spread out. And on this day of Pentecost, not only do we have the reminder of God's spirit and presence within God's people, but it's an undoing of the separation that had been done generations before so that people can be one, that people can receive God's presence as one. And uh, Peter goes on to quote Joel, and he says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Peter went on to give a sermon, and and the scripture records that 3,000 people were saved on that day. And for the Christian tradition, that's when the church began. So this is a big deal in the life of the church and it's a big deal for us to understand the the deeper implications of what Pentecost means uh, because it's actually this beautiful story that goes way back in our tradition and we see God's purpose as it goes forward.
1: Well, you know, it's just uncanny. I love the fact that we're having this conversation. I hope it's Uh, even as remotely helpful to others as it has been to me to have this conversation with you and to uh, look at the likenesses. You know, uh, it's much the same way in the experience uh, at the foot of Mount Sinai where uh, there's a special moment there too. In a sense, the people are being presented with. uh, They've heard the word covenant. Hmm. Uh, God had talked about covenant Mm -hmm. uh, on the journey from Egypt to the mountains. Uh, but they're asked to accept it here at the foot. There's an, a, an understanding of the covenant. There's an acceptance of the covenant. Uh, so, and they're all together. Uh, it's not like they're moving off in different directions yeah. uh, as the people did in Babel. Uh, but they're hearing it together, they're understanding it together, and they're accepting the covenant together. Uh, and it is an important, just as the church was established, hmm. the covenant really is. Yeah. Uh, is fixed We, we cert- I have the feeling and I think Jews have the feeling because of words that were said in the Bible that we too are there were there and I have that sense that uh, I was there at that moment and I think a lot of people have the sense of being in the crowd of having agreed having accepted the covenant does it have that kind of draw or power for you as well this idea of the holy spirit uh, appearing that day do you have a sense of i
0: of experience of that yeah yeah for sure in even even in letters that were written after this pentecost experience it wasn't a one time thing it's it's an invitation on how to live differently even uh, paul who was a church planner after the time of jesus he wrote one of his uh, one of the young men that he mentored he said fan the flame that is the gift of God's Spirit, mm-hmm. so it's not, you know, it's this idea that when, uh, when we live as recording, as, as as we are supposed to, as we are giving ourselves to the way of Christ, then we are fanning the flame that is God's presence within us. So it's mm-hmm. not a one-time thing. It's not like we missed out on it because here we are in 2018. You know, this this is very much a present reality for Christians. That's magnificent. I think
1: that. Uh, that's another shared word. I mean, yeah. a shared experience that we were able to uh, uh, to talk about. And what a wonderful thing to do this particular week. Yeah,
0: absolutely. How how does the Jewish community today? How 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 do you celebrate Shavuot? I probably should have mentioned that. Um, uh, the tradition is to study all night. To study all night. Yeah.
1: And uh, so we'll have study. I mean I, I don't uh, most people don't make it through the whole night, but uh, it's sort of aspirational. Uh, but people are studying into the night, let's put it that way. So uh, but I am teaching a, a little
0: uh, session at 10 o'clock.
1: Oh really? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, on God's nearness. So I should not be surprised that when I drive by your house at four in the morning, yeah, that the, the lights, lights are on. on. the lights are on yeah yeah You're gonna be right here Saturday studying. night. That's so, right.
1: Uh, no, but I, it, I'll. It'll at least be you know past midnight into and, the night. Into the night. Yeah. 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 So for Pentecost it's really the service on Sunday.
0: Yeah, there's not much more of a, of, of a tradition other than it's a worship service. Yeah. And, you know maybe there's different aspects or parts of the, the Christian community that celebrate differently. Yeah. but the one thing that's unique is that the color red is important. Yeah so uh, you know for people who are liturgical, they have that's the kind of the, the word that describes people who follow the church calendar. Uh, The color red will be in the sanctuary. People will wear the color red. Right.
1: Well, this goes on, by the way, there is a service that there are services on Shavuot as well. Uh, And the book of Ruth is read and other uh, works as well. I love hearing the traditions. Yeah. Happy Shavuot. Happy Pentecost. (laughs) And we'll talk again soon. It sounds great. Beautiful.